There's nothing afraid about that. Now, that was good. You had a hard time getting the word way we were saying to get it, didn't you? Okay. Not now, right? Amen. Okay. That's good. Now, you may go back to your respective places. All right. So now we've revved it up a little bit, which will make it easier. What does God prophesy to? Your what? Your potential. He can prophesy things that are or things that have been. But when God gives you instructions, it's usually about something that he wants. And what he says is, I, he never, I don't see anywhere he says, I want you to. Or if you don't mind, please, I would, I would really like it if you would do this. No, he says, you will. And they will. Then this will. Okay? So if, look at your partner. And if it's a man or boy, God will call him son. If it's a woman or a girl, call them daughter. Okay? And as, since you're saying this as if God is saying it, then it's call him son or daughter, and then don't use the word he, God, he. All right. I'd like for the inner circle to start again. Now, inner circle, prophesy to the, give the word to the outer circle by starting with son or daughter, and then continue. Begin. And stop. Good. All right. Now let's have the outer circle begin with son or daughter and then tell them what the Lord is saying to them. No, don't tell them what he's saying. Say it as if God is saying. Okay. Begin. Son or daughter.
All right. Now, how many of you thought it was easier that time than the time before? Let me see your hands. Yes, good. All right. Now, this time, I'm going to give you a diving board. A diving board. And it's going to be this way. Dr. Hope, where are you? We're going to demonstrate it. The diving board is this. Daughter, by the end of the year, I will. Okay? That's the diving board. I want four people to come right here that's willing to try this. Come on. One. Two. Good. Three. Two. Get behind him. That's right. Two. Three. Four. All right, you want to get behind her, them. All right. And this is this is what we're going to do. Daughter, by the end of this year, I'm going to, and then just keep going. Now. <laughs> Daughter, by the end of this year, I'm going to give you avenues for you to write new books. I'm sorry. Thank you. <laughs> See, I'm excited about that. <laughs> Thank you. Just one thing. That'll do. That's good. Thank you. Daughter, by the end of this year, I will begin to give you grace. Good. All right, wait a minute. Come back, sweetie pie. Okay. Now, now, finish what God is saying. Give you grace for or to what? Daughter, I will begin to give you grace um, for the, um, the children that are sick and homeless. I will begin to make you and make your crooked path straight. Daughter, by the end of this year, I am causing you to formulate these manuals so that others can learn from. Daughter, by the end of the year, I will open doors for you that no man can shut, and you shall walk through them. Be not afraid for I am. Let me ask you something, sweetie. <laughs> now, now, what is God saying to her? Did he really say that, like that? He's going to open doors. And he shall? God doesn't talk to me like that. Yeah, he will. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. Let's say, well, let's say, okay. no, you use the right verbiage, wrong, wrong century. Okay. Got okay. You. Got you. Okay. Okay. All right. We, we don't want to talk like King James. Okay. We want to talk like us, you okay. know? Okay. All right. Now, when you have a scripture, be sure that it's the scripture for that, but not just a good general every day for all. Okay. All right, now try again. Yes, Daughter, I will open doors for you and that no man can shut. Know that I am with you, and along the way, I will carry you. There are times that you are going to get weak, but I will be there with you. Have no fear, for these doors shall open, and you shall walk through them. These doors will open, and you will walk through them. All right, that was good. That was good. Now, which way would you rather get that prophecy? In the King James Version? The now version. Okay. All right. You know, God is always relevant. He just is. All right. Come up here. Daughter. You're just so good. Don't you dare go into your head. <laughs> okay. She's always going to do something that God 
daughter, you will prophesy with a greater accuracy by the end of this year as well. And you will see into different dimensions. Also, there will be angels assigned to you to assist you in this new season and this new transformation that you're going to, your, this new level that you're going to. Very good. Very good. Okay. Now I want you this time to look at her. Say, we're not just throwing something at her. We're ministering to her. Daughter? Daughter, daughter, I will begin to fill your teeth with gold and money and riches that will never, ne that will begin to flow like no other by the end of this year. I like that gold stuff and the money, yeah. <laughs> Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Now look at her because you're ministering to her. Daughter, know that I am opening new doors and new territories for you. I'm opening a door even of corporate American healthcare administration so that when you go into those doors, you'll be able to teach them professionalism. You'll be able to teach them how to operate uh, professionally in corporate American and in these spaces. That, you know, that is so amazing <laughs> what we were talking about yesterday. It's not the medical field, but the something else. It was just so good. Now, what one thing do you think you need to not do? What is a habit for you? You've got a great, accurate word. How did you start off? Daughter? How did he start off? Tell me what word he used. No. Daughter, know that. Okay, do you say that often? Yeah, yeah. So that one is just a real fine tuning kind of little thing for you, okay? All right, here she comes. Miss Relevant, come on up here. <laughs> Look at her, you're breathing. You, <laughs> you remember my <laughs> Come on, I'm holding, I'm in, I'm in charge here, Ruby, come on. <laughs> okay, oh Lord have mercy. Okay, daughter, by the end of the year, you shall prosper and you shall not worry. No, 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 oh, forget shell, that shell that stuff. Shell, that All right, come on over into this century. Okay, daughter, you will prosper and you will be there to help those that are in need. Have no fear. Uh-uh, no, sh no don't, don't go back to the fear. You've already said that. Okay. See, that is a filler. Okay. It's a truth, but it's not necessary for okay. this. Okay. Now, where are you looking? I'm trying to find my word. You are? Where is it? Oh, no, it's gone. It's not up here. Where is it, Ruby? Oh, no, it's gone. Well, that's the problem. You don't know that it comes from in here. Okay. They're praying for you, too. They're glad to see you. Please pray for me. <laughs> okay. Daughter, by the end of the year, you will accomplish what I have put before you. Have yes. That's good, Ruby. That's the word. <laughs> See, you don't have to bring it to a close. We all want to end it. We don't know how to end it. We just throw a scripture in there that's good, right? We know that if God is telling her to do it, he's going to enable her to do it, isn't he? So are you happy with that word? Yes. I am too. No. <laughs> Now, now, you're walking up again, okay, okay. daughter. 
Daughter, by the end of the year, you will accomplish what I have put before you. Have no fear. Uh -uh. She doesn't have any fear. Okay, don't say it no more. Okay. <laughs> that's, a, that's advice. Reach out and touch what I have put before you. Now that's good. If you have to think up something else, don't say it. Okay. Because okay? what, you, what you're used to doing in order to keep it flowing is to add a, do a very safe thing, which is to add a general scripture of God's character. And unless there's a real fear in somebody, then you don't have to do that. If it's a real fear, fear not. You know, don't, because I'm going to enable you to be bold or whatever it is, okay? All right, now you, now you may be seated, Ruby. Thou shalt sittest thyself down. Thank you so much. All right. Okay. Now, this time, where did your partner go? Oh, here, oh, here she is. Okay. All right. Now, whatever you've said before, I don't want you to say that again. Or you haven't even done that by the end of the year, have you? Well, let's do that. Don't, don't let me confuse us, okay? The person on the outer, uh, on the outer now, that's the outside. We're changing a little bit. You go first. Son or daughter, by the end of the year, begin. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Whoa, wait, 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 everybody. Thank you. Where are y'all looking for the word? I see people looking all over the place. Ruby went through a lot for you not to do that, right? <laughs> Just open your mouth, and I don't care what you say, but when you say, by the end of the year, say whatever it is. We're practicing, right? Look at your partner and say, I give you permission, give you permission. to miss it. As long as, you say as long as you say something. All right. I'll give you direction for your life, but not how to do anything digital or mechanical. Okay, with that, we're going to have the people on the outer circle begin son or daughter, by the end of the year. And remember now, you've got permission to say anything, but say something. Begin. She's supposed to be prophesying over you. Okay. Okay. All right, and stop. Now, the inner circle prophesy over the outer circle, son or daughter, by the end of the year. Begin. 
and stop. All right. Who feels that you received a, a word from the Lord? Good. Look at that. That's how the body works. That's good. All right. Now, we're going to give you another. Uh, I'll tell you what. Could we have a, do we have a person that could be a partner for her? Because I want to move around and look, and I want you to do this. Please. Do we have an extra person? Can you hatch an extra person? You, you got an, uh, an extra one? Here she comes. Here she comes. Okay. That's good. Right here. All right. Dr. Hope is going to give you a diving board. You do exactly what she says. Inner circle, outer circle. Start with son or daughter, just as we have. And we're going to give them long enough with this that, so that I can go around. So you might have to change it a couple of times. But um, So your diving board is going to be son or daughter in the area of your finances. Son or daughter in the area of your finances. Uh, we'll begin with the outer circle going first. That's those of you along the wall, you are the outer circle, by the way, to make sure we're all on the same page. Okay, and so outer circles, son or daughter, in the area of your finances, begin. All right, and stop in a circle in the area of your finances. Begin. Stop. Okay. Everybody good? Yes? Okay. Uh, let's do another diving board. So let's, um, in the first three months of next year. In the first three months of next year, all right? 
God knows what he wants to do in the first three months. We're going to start again with our outer circle, okay? Outer circle, son or daughter, in the first three months of next year, I will begin. Inner circle, same diving board, in the first three months of next year, begin. Okay. God does speak, doesn't he? Yes, he does. We're going to open it up for some question and answers. It's just questions and answers. You got some specific ones or you got some specific ones? They've got some specific ones. Okay. Who has a question? It, it can be on anything regarding any of this. Okay, sir. But now let me get to you. I tell you what, there's not anybody older than me here. So we're going to have a runner. And whoever the runner is, please go to the person I'm telling you to, and you hold the microphone. Don't let go. Your job is do not let go of the microphone. So that might mean that you need to stand up if you're kind of in the middle of, over here. Okay, this gentleman with the plaid shirt on, he has his hand up first, right here, right here. Okay. He'd like for you to stand. <laughs> uh, just explain or to differentiate between the person that flows in the simple gift of prophecy and the, and the person that stands in the office. That flows in the gift of prophecy? People that flow in the gift of prophecy usually have a word that comforts, edifies, or exhorts. And, and sometimes they prophesy in the, in the congregation. Uh, how many of you have prophecy that comes forth in, in the congregation? And in the past, it's usually about two people, the same two every Sunday. Now, that's not, the, I'm not criticizing that. I really want you to get this. Because we come into, we, we, things are revealed to us as we walk and as we mature. But they're not the only ones that can. Everybody else just stops because they do. And uh, so the, the, the gift of prophecy, it, it actually... I don't call it the gift of prophecy, but prophesy can be anybody that's saved because they can prophesy. The degree that they prophesy to depends on how willing they are to just do it and repeat it and keep going. The, uh, the, the prophet may sound just like the, the one who's prophesied, the saint, there's a difference in the giftings of a prophet and the authority level of the prophet. And, uh, but the, uh, the, I have seen saints that aren't in any one five-fold office call become a prophetic person. That means they're prophets. If I said, how many of you are prophetic people? All of you could be, but not everybody's a prophet, okay? So, um, and, and prophets in the Old Testament did not operate under grace. So sometimes people think that their demeanor, if it can be hard and it can be harsh, 
But you know, Jesus did come. And what did he leave with us? His grace. So what we want to do as prophetic people is give the word, and as prophets, both give people God's word in a way that God can work through it with them. I don't know if that answered your question or not. Okay, thank you. Anybody else? Right here. Um, my question would be, um, if God is like present, past, and future, and you say God said and you're wrong, does that make you a liar? No. Let me tell you, we don't know which, it's like there's chapters in your life. There's some that are, have already happened. There's some that are going to happen. But we don't always know which chapter it's in. So prophecy is always in part. We prophesy in part. I'm not sure which chapter that in part is. It's always partial. And then another thing is it's always progressive. Just like he prophesied to Abraham. He started when he was 50. And he prophesied many times to him before Abraham got to the son uh, Isaac that he had for him. So that didn't make them liars, and it doesn't make you a liar either because it's in part, it's partial. And another thing, what if it doesn't come to pass? Prophecy is also conditional, the personal prophecy. There are prophecies in the word that are absolutely, they're going to happen. They're unconditional prophecies. Jesus is coming. That's unconditional. But there are conditions on personal prophecy that have to happen. That's why it took uh, about 100 years, <laughs> seems like uh, a long time for Abraham to get to the place where he had Isaac. So no, don't worry a lot about lying or any other thing that would keep you from doing it. Just do it. God can, God can correct you if he needs to. But the main thing is the enemy's tactic is always to stop you before you get started. And don't feel unique. He did that with Jesus. He tried to kill him, remember? So that's a good question. And I, what I get from that is that you, want, you don't want to be, uh, make mistakes or be inaccurate. But I wouldn't worry about that so much. Just do it, and then God will let you know. Okay? Now, if people have in their hearts that they want to give a word to be manipulative or to get certain things or to cause people to do something, uh, you can harden your heart, but everybody else knows what's going on. That's not you, okay? All right, anybody else? I think she had her in the yellow, had her hand up next. You can meet him, you know. It won't, won't hurt y'all. <laughs> question is, if you were to get a prophecy and then there was some, um, you didn't really understand it, could you, in not in the middle of the prophecy, but maybe after the word is spoken, kind of be like, well, what did, what did that part I mean? wouldn't advise it for this reason. When, when we give a prophecy, we give a word, we don't know what God has in his mind. So we're operating in the spirit, even in practicing. We're operating in the spirit in order to give that word. But I may have in my mind, ooh, I know that means this, 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 and it doesn't. 
So you've just not only not given them the right interpretation, but complicated what God wants to do and say to them. And what I've realized is that sometimes God is dealing with very serious, important issues. And the person knows what he's talking about, and they're the only ones that need to know what he's talking about. So even giving prophecies that are uh, in public that are too revealing, we don't allow that, because we want God to work in people. I'll give you an example. One time I was in a different place at a conference and prophesying over this person, and this is what God said to them. Uh, my son, you're in a different place than you've ever been before, and you've wanted some things to be different, and I'm in, but you're afraid they're not going to be. But I'm encouraging you that this time, go for it, because I'm causing things to be different. Now, what do y'all think that meant? Got an idea? Anybody got an idea? Marriage. Okay, another one. An idea? What? Business. Okay. Anybody else? A different location. All right. Anybody else? One more. Anybody else? What? Ministry. All right. Now, here's what happened. He, when I touched him or something, got God just got him slain in the spirit. So he laid there and let God work with him over that word. I had an idea in my mind, but I gave it to him in that way because that's what God said. After everybody left, he said, he got up and he said, I want to thank you for giving me that word because you knew what it meant, didn't you? I said, you can never assume that a prophet knows what it means. He said, well, I know you do. And I said, no, that's not important, whether I knew what it meant or not. And he said, well, I'm going to tell you. And I said, well, don't tell me anything you don't want me to know because I just give the word. Now, actually, I did have something in my mind. But I gave it to him the way I felt God was giving it and could use it. He said, I've been involved in a homosexual lifestyle, and I've tried, and there was no visible indication of any of that. He said, and I've tried to break that, and I just can't seem to do it. And I've decided that if God spoke to me and he was going to help me, that I would give it another opportunity because I, I don't want to do this. If not, I'm just doomed. And he said, when he gave it to me, the way he gave it to me, I knew that he had, he, he was going to protect me and help me. And then I kind of kept up with him. And uh, he certainly, God just enabled him. And that can be a hard thing to break. But God enabled him uh, to break that lifestyle. He gave him the strength to come out of it. And, uh, and he encouraged, uh, God, God uh, allowed him to go on and become very successful. So it's the way you give some you can You can have an idea. Now, if I'd had that in mind, and if I had prophesied out of trying to be hard enough to make him repent, that would have been a, that would have actually have been a false prophecy on my part. It's not always the word that makes it false. 
Sometimes it's the intent of the prophet. Okay. All right. Good. That was a good question. All right. Anybody else? Yes. Don't take the microphone. Oh, yes, Don't give it to her. Uh, the question I have is, as you're prophesying to someone, if you feel uncertain and you ask questions to kind of build your confidence as the person prophesying, is that wrong? For an example, if you see four children, but you don't know if they're theirs, and you don't want to manipulate the word by saying you have four daughters, when actually they have four nieces that they take care of, how do you kind of ask the question just to ensure that you're on the right track, or do you not ask? I wouldn't ask. Okay. I would say uh, there are four, four children. There are four children. Doesn't say they have them. And this is about the four children. If they're their children, it doesn't make them any less their children. If it's not their children, it still is what God's saying. And sometimes when you continue to say what God is saying by saying in four children, and then God reveals more to you. But if you get in the habit of asking for prompters or, or confirmation, guess what happens? You have to have a lot of confirmation about everything. And then where does it begin and end as far as God is concerned? So I wouldn't do that. Every once in a while, you will see a seasoned minister that says, I see a child, a, a, a son, uh, and, and, and they like that, and they will say. But, you, but that's not the thing for us to do in the practicing, okay? Good questions. That's a good question. And there was somebody, who else? Right here. Um, is it normal to second-guess yourself? Uh, but I guess what I mean by second-guess yourself is that you heard God speak to you and you gave the prophecy, but it's like afterwards, it's, it's almost like you second guess as if, and I don't know if it's based on like their, their reaction to once you gave, it, gave, gave the person a prophecy, or, but is it, I guess is it normal to second let me, guess? Let me just tell you this. It doesn't yourself. matter if it is or not, does it? Okay, the thing is, in the scripture, when he was prophesying to Jeremiah, he said, be not afraid of their faces, because you prophesy to somebody, and they're like this. You can be all up in their business, and they're going to act like you are on another planet. And those very same people have sometimes come and said, that later, let me tell you how God changed my life with that prophecy, and I'm saying, you're kidding. <laughs> yeah. So I just give the word. So you can't look at their faces and be, and be um, you can't get the word based on their faces. If you're doing healing, you ask people questions, you do all that, but when you're giving prophecy, you don't, you don't need to ask them questions, don't get prompters, don't, don't look at their face. And let me, as far as feeling later, I wonder if I missed it. How many of you have ever felt that way? Today. <laughs> okay. Then, you know, that's not un unusual. When Jesus, when God uh, had a voice, his voice from heaven, Holy Ghost rested on Jesus' shoulder, and John the Baptist baptized him into his public ministry. And the Lord says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. I mean, what more could we want? What happened to Jesus next? Next thing. 
the wilderness, and then the devil threw every possible thing that he could throw at him. Give me your power, bow down to me, you know, all of that. You, You bow down to me, I'll give you all these kingdoms. And Jesus did not, he wasn't moved by that. But it's not unusual for us to be that way. And I will tell you that when I first started uh, doing this, I knew it was God. He had, I did. But I would prophesy to people like, I just released the gift of of, uh, discerning of spirits. That was on Friday night. All day Saturday. Oh, God. If you just let me live till next week, I promise I'll never say that to anybody. Who am I? See, where was the emphasis? Who am I to tell people that they can be released into doing these things? No, 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 no. And I couldn't really tell my husband a whole lot because he wasn't so sure about it himself, except he believed that God had appeared to me. And then I'd go back the next week and that same person would come up. Let me tell you what I saw. Let me tell you what God did. And, it, and sometimes God wants it to be released for the person to start doing it so you can you can second guess yourself and yet is it normal it's normal but I wouldn't stand for it because if you do it becomes your norm and it's not normal to God okay so there's a lot of get thee behind me Satan okay good good word good yes before you move on, that, can I say this, Dr. Mayor? No, 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 you're not outside. Um, I know about that second guessing because we hold on to different identities. And oftentimes you don't know how to shift from just out of your office anointing to you just being who you are uh, outside of that office, you know. Uh, in that office, you feel all that authority, you feel that power, and then you come home and you gotta wash clothes and do things, and you get a identity crisis going because God is speaking through you, and you don't feel the authority to say those things, and then when you come out of this, so it's not you in a sense of at home every day you, it's the anointing and the person that God is calling for kingdom business right so on your job if you're a supervisor you're used to telling people what to do right or you are able to conduct yourself a certain way because you are in authority but then when you come home okay you have to uh, adjust to that identity and that authority and so sometimes we question the authority and we question and so it's not so much second guessing ourselves; it's second guessing the uh, the authority or the anointing and so a lot of time, prophetic people that do not have the authority of a, of a prophet really waver in that because I know I'm not a prophet, but, you know, what you said, Lord. And then sometimes prophets, as far as that having that authority because of the mantle in the office, that I don't think they struggle in that as much as when initially when you first get in, I think you do. But after that you've been there a while, you know that because of the office, that authority, it is so. You know, it don't matter what they say, it's gonna happen because you know the authority in the office. So uh, I think that's part of the maturation process of understanding that God has said it. 
you know, you go through that part of, is this God speaking to me? Oh, yeah, God is speaking to me. Can I speak on God's behalf? Oh, yes, I can speak on God's behalf. But then do I have the authority to say that? Should I have said that? Should I have spoken that? Was that me or was that you? And so I think it's just a little bit of identity issue. Thank you. That's good. Now, Pastor, don't let me get into break time. What time is it? We're into break time. All right, we're going to stop with this, and Pastor's going to tell you. Uh, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Pause. I, I slipped back. To continue. He imparts because he wants to continue. I want you to say that God will impart in me what he wants me to continue. Uh, it's something very important to God that continues. And then he says, many are called, but few are chosen. Amen. And there's an impartation that will take place because God wants something to continue. Or he, uh, it's something that he's working on and he will assign. Uh, and I think it's very important that we deal with um, uh, impartation. When we talk about activation, he puts something in you that he wants activated because there's an assignment involved that we don't know. I want you to look around the room because you don't know who's in this room. Uh, I want to kill this spirit of familiarity because you don't know what God has put in each person here. Amen. And uh, nobody uh, back in the day, they didn't know who Dr. Mary Crumb would be. Amen. Uh, I'm sure it's people in her life that would say, oh, that's just Mary or uh, no one knew Bishop Bill Hammond. I heard Bishop T.D. Jakes and Bishop uh, Joe, uh, Joe, uh, Jody Brady was talking, and he was saying, Bishop Brady, and they were saying, we didn't know who we were. We were just trying to serve the Lord. And then all of a sudden, God calls us to do these tremendous things in the kingdom. And so I want you to believe that there's uh, not only a, a, a mandate on your life, but there has to be also substantial people around you for the kingdom we've heard so many prophecies about memphis in this tri-state area and then here comes another a giant in the spirit and someone that is a prominent kingdom voice saying again that memphis in the tri-state area is something significant here that god is doing in this tri-state area of memphis and that god is preparing us amen amen for um for this um, move that he has in mind. Somebody say, God has something in mind for me. God has something in mind for me. Uh -huh. And I want you to understand that um, as God has something in mind, uh, then there were certain events that had to take place in order for you to get here. It was certain stigmas uh, that you had to uh, overcome. There were certain adversities you had to overcome to be here, and now you're here. You're here. The you that you are now is not the year you you were 10 years ago, 
five years ago and hopefully even last year that we're continuing to grow and mature in the things of God and the knowledge of God and the grace of God and the wisdom of God. And so uh, as he's getting you to a place where he's deciding to activate something in you. And so some of us, I know we've prophesied in this house and we're saying, well, you know, I've already been activated. I'm just trying to support my church. And no, you have not been activated by somebody with this level of authority. So she says, well, I'm 82 years old. So you got to think, okay, I've been activated before, but there's an 82-year-old anointing that is before us. And then also, uh, when you think about it, now you're thinking about who activated her. That was Bishop Bill Hammond. And so out of prayer and out of something that happened in the 50s, you're seeing a gift that was birthed even in the 50s, now in 2019 standing before you saying because God wants something to continue God wants something there's an impartation there there's a grace there that God wants to activate in other words it's something that God wants to be happening that's not happening yet and there's a degree that God wants it to happen at that it's not yet and so he's raising up and he's activating and he's saying and he's he's about to position us so that we can do uh, what God wants done at the measure everybody say measure uh-huh at the measure that he wants done amen we're going to look at Samuel and I uh, want to look at uh, Samuel chapter one I mean chapter three Samuel chapter one verse three And many of us have heard this, uh, this teaching before, but uh, I believe God is going to put a little something on it. Samuel, cha uh, 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 3. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 3. When you have it, say amen. Amen. All right, all right. We're going to wait on our Android users. Amen. Uh, praise God. Praise his name. Amen, the fruit of the spirit. My son said he is the God of the galaxy, though. That he is, he is, he's, uh-huh, amen. Hallelujah. I believe everyone is there now, amen. Okay, so 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1, and the, and the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord. Everybody say ministered. He ministered unto the Lord. He had an ephod that his mother would bring to him, and he ministered to the Lord. And so he was doing ministry, but there was something coming that he did not have an idea about. And there was a certain age that he got to that God decides now that he is going to have Eli and Samuel and God somehow have this encounter. Amen. Amen. And he says, uh, the child ministered unto the Lord before Eli. Before Eli. It's very important uh, that he had a covering and God was able to speak to the covering and allow young Samuel to have a work that he's able to do and a posture that he's able to be in to hear for his next assignment. I think that's very important. It does not even matter at this point in the scripture that Eli is out of order and he's about to be judged. 
God is using Eli to raise up Samuel. Uh-huh. Who is your Eli? Who is your Eli? I know you got a ministry, but who is your Eli? Where is your Eli? Uh-huh. He says, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. And it came to pass that at that time when Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord. That was a big deal because uh, the, the, the lamp was supposed to be lit. It was all the time, day and night, we were responsible for the fire in the temple, the priest. Eli, the priest, was responsible. One of the duties was that the, the fire was supposed to be uh, in the temple. Amen? Amen. And But it says that the fire had went out. The lamp of God had went out in the temple where the Ark of the Covenant was, and Samuel was laid down asleep. Uh that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, here am I. And he ran to Eli, and he says, here am I. For thou camest to me, and he said, I called not. Lie down again, and he went and lay down. And the Lord called yet again Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not. My son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I. Now, do you think that Samuel, and I know he was young, but do you think he thought that the only person here is Eli, or do you think that it's possible that God sounded like Eli to Samuel? Because it could have been that God said, Eli, or Samuel, come. Who is that? Even if he doesn't know his voice, but somehow he sounds like Eli. Samuel here for the third time is convinced that Eli is either crazy or playing with him, but he knows that he called him. And he comes to Eli. He comes to Eli. He does not say to Eli, I heard somebody in the temple calling me. He said, you called me. It's something about the voice of your leader that is the voice of God in your life. It's something about that that God is sounding like Eli. Now, do you think God is subject to Eli? No, but he's using the voice of Eli to disciple Samuel. Mm. What voice, I want to ask you, what voice is discipling you? Because it's very important that when you get the voice and, and you have the ability to 
prophesying, you can't do it outside of the body. I don't want you, I don't want anybody in here to think it's okay to take your prophetic gift on the road without covering. I don't want anybody in here to think that, well, I'm a prophetic person or I'm a prophet or a prophetess or evangelist or apostle or pastor or teacher and think that, okay, since I know it, I'm no longer responsible to anyone. Amen. Amen. You're being activated, but you're not giving authority outside of the authority of the church. Mm. Amen. I didn't get a lot of amens right there. Amen. 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 It's so important that we understand that God used Eli, even though Samuel was a little boy, God raises up Eli, even though we look at Eli as Eli was backslidden, his eyes were dim, Eli, his, he did not correct his sons. We, we see a lot of stuff wrong with Eli, right? But who did God's voice sound like? Amen. It's important to make the distinction with the voice because when you make your voice, when you get this voice to speak, who you going to sound like? When you start talking, what is your reference point? What birthed you? Oftentimes we have identity crisis, one, because we don't know who our daddy is. We don't know who mama is. And how can we know ourselves? And so we have a problem with the voice. You know, we're okay. But as soon as that mic come, oh, I don't like that. Wait, wait. I got to find that voice. And so oftentimes what happens is on our journey, God begins to disciple us to voices. And then he helps us understand where our voice fits in conjunction with the other voices. Amen. Amen. It's all right for you to be a loner if you're not active in the kingdom, huh? But if you're going to be a kingdom participant if you're going to be a kingdom citizen if you're going to be a leader in the kingdom guess what you got to be able to say what the other voices are saying you got to be able to be interactive with the other voices amen amen and so uh it's very important to prophesy amen within the context of the kingdom somebody say kingdom all right so I want to read a little further. So this is the third time he called. And he answered, I called not my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not know the Lord, but he was ministering. But he was ministering to the Lord before Eli. But he did not know the Lord. So some are singing, some are playing, some are ushering, some are preaching, but do not know the Lord. You're ministering. That's why when the Lord come and tell you something and you're not in church, you don't know who to, you don't have a confidence to say, hey, God is saying this or God is saying that because you know your church, but you don't know the Lord. Uh-oh. 
I think it's very important to understand that it's through those that know the Lord that you're going to get to know the Lord. Amen. Uh, it says here that the word of the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. So God is using Eli to reveal the word of the Lord to Samuel, right? I know where my people at. Well, we got the Holy Ghost, and so we don't need anybody to teach us anything because the anointing is going to teach us everything we need to know. Any, any takers on that? We don't need anybody to teach us. So why would it? God say then in Ephesians 4.11, I'm giving you apostles. Why didn't he just stop when he gave you the Holy Ghost? I'm giving you apostles, prophets, pastors, and teachers, evangelists for the work of the ministry, for the perfecting of the saints. Why would God just give you the Holy Ghost and then just stop right there? Because he's expecting something more. You got to think of yourself in the system of God so you can feel safe doing God's work. I don't want you to feel safe doing God's work outside of his system. Amen. Well, I went to Living Word and I got activated and you go back into your church and you, <laughs> you know, you want to prophesy in your church, not outside of God's system. New Living Way, you, you got to go see Pastor Darrell, Pastor Norshell, you got to operate within their system. Amen. We can't go to uh, a World Overcomers and tell Apostle uh, uh, A.R. Williams, hey, I got activated at Living Word, and I'm about to prophesy. Whatever the system that you're in, you're going to have to go back and find the order and the place for your voice. Come on, say, I can't be a voice out of place anybody hate stuff that's out of place amen if it's out of place my god it's an irritant if it's out of place uh my god it's a distraction it's slowing us down it's not speeding us up uh, it's out of place anything out of place in a in a functioning system is going to cause some pain somewhere it's going to cause some breakdown right say i must be in place amen i must be in place amen uh so God is going to reveal the word of the Lord. Verse eight. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. He arose and went to Eli and said, here am I for thou you called me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore, Eli said, Samuel, go lie down. And it shall be if he called thee. That thou shalt say, speak, Lord. For thy servant heareth. Uh-huh. Uh, I want to give you this example that uh, if I know a certain person and I'm, you know, I've been friends with them for a while. I understand their language. I understand their culture, right? And, uh, and if you were to come up and try to introduce yourself, I could tell you, tell them this. Call him Lord, because that's what we call him, you know, <laughs> uh, and say, take the posture of a servant. Say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. Eli taught Samuel how to talk to the Lord. 
And he also taught him that it was the Lord speaking to him. So there are things, and I, I believe this, that there are things that God is going to speak to Samuel before he speaks to Eli, but eventually he's going to have to come back to Eli to get the understanding. I know we don't like that in the new school church. I know we don't like that, but there has to be an understanding. Uh, there has to be an order. Even if Eli is unwilling to release what God is saying, and even if Eli is unwilling to admit it, what God is wanting is for his system. His system is way more important than anybody. And when you think that God is prophesying in part is because he's not giving his whole system to one person. Oh, help me right there. He's giving pieces, but then in the pieces, what is good? What good is scattered pieces? He wants the pieces to be fitly joined together so the pieces create a picture and the picture give a message and the message produced the power that he wants produced and the effect and the outcome and the ministry that he wants produced. Amen. Amen. Um, in verse eight, uh, in verse nine, he says, uh, he says, when you go lay down, go back to where you were, because that's where he spoke to you. He didn't say, come in here with me. And if he talked to you, then, uh, you know, I'll, I'll talk to him for you. He says, go back to where you were when he spoke to you. That's your meeting place. And when you lay down, if he speak again, this is what you say. Mm. And Samuel went and lay down in his place. Do you know his obedience to Eli allowed him to go further with God and hear God better? Mm-hmm. Amen. He didn't say, uh, oh, man, Pastor Trippin, man, look. He know he called me. He lying. I know that was him. No. He said, go back and lay down. Well, I'm up now. He didn't say that. He said, no. What if he would have said, I just want to stay in here with you because somebody else is in here. No, he had to follow some instruction. Anytime you're going to get closer to God, there's going to be some instruction that you have to follow. And the problem I think our people have is simple instruction. Simple instruction. Simple instruction. I want you to prophesy one word. One word. Man, ain't no prophecy. One, one, one word. Man, I've been prophesying all this time. One word. Right? You got to watch how you receive instruction so it won't be hard to prophesy. One of the biggest enemies of the prophetic uh, office and uh, spirit is pride. You want to get a deep word? Humble yourself and do the simple instruction. Faith without works is what? Okay, so if I give you a simple instruction, go lay down. And you can't go lay down in the place that you were in. How does faith now manifest? If I can't tell you, come sit on the front row. Be on time. Don't leave before service is over. Simple instructions. And then we get to a place where we feel like, well, that don't apply to me. 
When we prophesy, guess what? Our spirit will not be in agreement with God's spirit, and then we'll say what we want to say. Amen. If you follow the simple, you'll get the deep. The simple instruction. So verse 10 says, and the Lord came and stood this time. First he was just calling, but now he knows he's ready. The Lord comes and he stands now. And called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, speak for thy servant heareth. And the Lord said to Samuel, behold, I will do a thing in Israel at which both the ears of everyone that heareth it shall tingle. Wait a minute. In other words, they've never heard it before. It's going to excite them. They're going to be in awe. They're going to wonder about it, right? You're a little boy. You got Eli that's telling you, go back and hear what God is saying, and now God is standing over you. Do you see the impartation that he just received from Eli? The impartation of, guess what? God is about to speak to you. I need you laid where he decided to meet you, and I need you in a posture of a servant. Now, I think one of the most important parts of prophesying is being a servant, just doing what you're told. I love the answer that you gave uh, Dr. Mary when they asked, but should I ask questions and should I do this? No, servants don't do that. Servants come, they give you what you need, and they stand there and they wait for the next instruction. We don't like that because we grown. We want to know everything, God. I ain't going to say nothing until you tell me everything. And you'll be waiting. And you'll be coming up with your own stuff. But if you can just sit there and listen to what he's saying and learn not to add to what he's saying, not to take back what, take from what he's saying. Well, you know, and, and, and I think it's very important that you take the posture of a servant. Servants become sons. Servants become daughters. But you have to be a servant first. You have to be a servant first. Amen? Amen. The type of servant you are will determine what type of son or daughter you become. Because, you know, they're obedient children and they're disobedient children, right? And so I think it's very important that as we're getting activated, I want you to keep the posture of a servant, that a posture of obedience, that you just speak what God is saying, and then God will shift you into what, um, what he has for you. Again, impartation Again, means that God has something planned and he's putting something in you because he wants something to continue at a different level or a different measure in a different place. And so we're getting impartation just by this anointing and the angels that travel with this woman of God and, and with this gift. They're in here because she's in here. That means there's a different grace in here, though, though the subject matter is common to us in a sense of prophecy, the anointing and the glory that is 
coming in here because she's here. The thing that came with her name is here. It's in the building. It's here right now. It's among us, and we are not aware of it. And if we can't do the simple thing, uh, then the deep thing, uh, he says, how can I talk to you about heavenly things if you can't even hear me on earthly things? Are you with me? Everyone say, I must hear and become a servant, a servant, a servant, a servant. I've got to be, I've got to hear it from a servant's posture. I don't, you know, when, when I get instruction at work, I don't feel the need to have all the answers. I just tell what was told to me, and I just tell you that. And I don't know how it affects you. I don't know. You know, and see, part of the problem is we see and we feel compelled to make sure people feel okay with what was, was said. We try to make sure people uh, agree with what was said. And so that pulls us out of the place of a servant into a counselor. And a lot of times, instead of prophesying, we counsel people. But God is the counselor, and so I'm stepping out of my place when he sends me a prophetic word, and then I'm a counsel on top of the prophetic word. If that's not your office or the mandate of what he's telling you to do, you got to, again, take the posture of a servant. It's like, you know, when servants say, I don't know, he didn't tell me that, that's a good servant answer. I tell people that, well, no, he didn't say nothing to me about that. I had a prophetess here the other day. And I asked her to pray for these people. And she said, did he give, a, give you something for them? And I said, no. He, she said, he ain't saying nothing to me about them anyway, either. So I'm going to pray for him. But I don't know what he's saying. Lord, bless and keep him in Jesus' name. And she went on to the next person. And some would be offended. But you got to know that you're limited by the word. The word is the thing that gives you the liberty. Without the liberty, without the words, you don't have the liberty. Amen. But as we grow in faith and as God is speaking, what we have to strangle then is that thing inside of us that will fight with God. Some of y'all fighting with God in that word right now because you're fighting in your personal life with God. Amen. It's easy to prophesy in peace. <laughs> but when you got all this other stuff going on and it's time to get a word, you're like, and God and so I think it's very important that you realize that God is trying to do something again that he wants done right in the life of someone else so don't just don't limit it one thing I love is when God tell me something I wasn't thinking about and I have no information on this subject matter and he just tells me I'm like okay thank God I know that's the Lord because I wasn't thinking about it it's no and I, I don't feel responsible for it in a sense of oh I made it up amen don't look at somebody's ring see they don't have a ring on and say God about to bless you with a husband they said well I left my wedding ring at the house I'm sorry but I already have a husband you know don't do stuff like that, amen? Amen. I'm, I'm, I'm done talking. I see Dr. Mary's here. Let's clap our hands for Dr. Mary Crumb as she's coming. 
Amen. She'll be ministering at our 10 o'clock service on Sunday. Amen. just clapped. Thank you too that just clapped. She'll be ministering at night, 10 o'clock service. Two people. My goodness. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Oh, me. Okay. Uh, I was enjoying that, Apostle. That was, that's good. That, that's good stuff. Amen. Uh, how many of you have been taught that you, you have to have like an unction to function? Is there anybody that's been taught that? Well, we used to be taught that a long time ago because that was the way that we knew that it was God. But as we've grown in areas and, and, and in times, as God has revealed more to us, it hasn't changed the truth, but it's, it has changed our understanding of things. So sometimes it's kind of like uh, if... Hold up your hands if you're from here over. All right, just, just these right here. All right, these that have held up their hands, and we're going to say that they're Revelation 1 1. Then the next group over here to the post, hold up your hands. You're Revelation 2. Then over here, hold up your hands halfway down here. You're three, and the others, you're four. All right, now everybody close your eyes. And don't open your eyes until I call your group. So here comes the Lord, and Jesus is on the scene. And group one, open your eyes, just group one. You look around. You see the revelation around you. You see these people? Okay. Now, pretend that they're all in the dark over here, all right? So now you see the people around you in this revelation, whatever that revelation is. And you're going to all be the word of God, okay? So now you, you can't see out here, but does that change the fact that they're there? No. We just can't, we just don't know the revelation of it yet. But so then now number two, number one, you keep your eyes open, and, and now you begin to see the next thing. N group two, open your eyes. All right. Now you look back, you can see. You can, you can see that truth, right? And now you can see each other. You see this truth. Okay, so now you, you see uh, the revelation of, say, uh, Jesus being the Savior. Then you see the revelation of, of um, being filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay? Now you know that you see this, this. And you know that there's more with God, but you can't see it yet. And then as time moves, you begin to get a glimpse, but you don't have full revelation. And then you look at group three. Now look around at the people in group three. You see group three, don't you? You also can see group two. And you can see back to group one. And now you have more revelation about, say, Jesus than you did back in one. Now, you, you, the, the, anything over here is still in darkness, but does it change the fact that it's there? So it's there. Because it's there, does it change this? But does it make it broader and more understanding about it? So it brings changes in the way you look at it because you can see more about it. 
Now, group four, open your eyes. All right, now you can see each other, the present revelation. You can see the revelation behind you and here and here. We have a tendency sometimes to say, oh, they were so wrong. You know, they had the revelation they had. They may not have had a full revelation. So why would we want to live here and limit ourselves to this revelation? Am I talking about changing the word of God? No. But getting the revelation of it. Yes. See, we don't want to change it. So we're careful about lamb blasting others who had a partial or had a revelation, but not the whole thing, is it? So there's restoration that God is bringing back to the complete word of God. That doesn't make what you have believed wrong. It's not full. It's not full. So sometimes what some of the things that I have run into, people have a revelation that they have to have a feeling to prophesy. Or they have to have a feeling for it to be God. And what we know <coughs> is that you don't have to have a feeling, but some things do. For instance, when the spirit of revelation is present, Everybody can, this, that's when people say, I just had to hold on to the seat to keep from prophesying. I'm thinking, let go of the seat and prophesy. The spirit is there. <laughs> but it's the kind of thing where a donkey could prophesy. When, when uh, Saul came among the prophets, he prophesied like one of the prophets. Now, that wasn't a full revelation, but, and he probably felt it. But sometimes we've been to places, and you have to prophesy. From God's telling you things, and you may not feel a single thing. Or you may feel like, Lord, I am tired. And the Lord says, uh-huh, continue to prophesy. Why? Because you're the servant that he's talking about. So you can't be controlled by whether or not you feel, ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh, I love to prophesy like that. When you feel it, it's just, you know, it's so exciting. But I love to prophesy as much, or I know to prophesy as much, when you don't feel a solid, single thing. Because if you want a feeling, the devil can give you a feeling. But it's about what God is saying, what God is saying. So in the Philippines was the one time, first time, when we prophesied over people in the third balcony when we couldn't see whether it was a man or woman. So I just said to them, what is the name for child? And I think they said uh, Enoch. I think that was the Filipino word for Enoch. Enoch meant child. So we would say Enoch <laughs> and prophesy over them. Why? Because they were so thirsty. They needed a word from God. And, and it just, it can revolutionize a country. It can revolutionize a congregation. And it can revolutionize a person's name. And you may be the one that God sends to give that word to them. 